To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Fact, rumor, scrutiny, suggestion. The Huddle. On The Huddle with me this evening, David Farah, Kiwi blog and Curia Polster, and also Ali Jones of Red PR. Hi, you two. Hi, guys. Right, well, David, um, I'd say the boot camp thing is a vote winner, isn't it? Oh, and yes, it will be very popular. It has to work, of course. Um, but people look at what's happening. They're looking at RAM rates. They might not be certain that these will work, but they're saying, we, let's give it a try because the status quo is totally failing. What do you think, Ali? I mean, bearing in mind the context of the thing, which is that National ran it out in 2017, didn't get a chance to do it, but they did run it out. They ran it out in 2008, closed the camps shortly thereafter. And it's kind of it's kind of a, a red meat issue for conservative parties. Yeah, well, I think it's a bold plan, and I do think it is going to be a, a, an election winner. But what concerns me is I still don't think it's dealing with the problem which starts before these kids are born. You know, what's the saying? Show me the boy at three and I'll show you the man. Uh, and a girl too, I guess, these days. So the cycle of dysfunction's got to be nipped in the bud at birth, and I don't know whether you're aware of the Roper Report from the 80s, the late 80s, I think. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, and and this report identified that, and I don't understand why we keep ignoring, you know, breaking the cycle of of dysfunction is the key, and we reap what we sow. So look, and what, what happens when you put the worst kids, the worst kids, all together in one place? That's a tinderbox, isn't it? I don't know, David. I suppose, I mean, it, it, there's the potential for it, but at least they're only of the same age kind of egging each other on potentially rather than the, the, the grown-ups in the prisons, right? Yeah, and a lot of these ram raids, are, they're, they're working for the gangs. The gangs are using these 10, 11, 12-year-olds to go steal for them because they know that they're going to get a lighter sentence. And the idea behind this is not just so much the military stuff, but it's like, breaking them from the gangs, from alcohol, from drugs, uh, from being able to do crime, not just for two or three months, but actually up to 12 months. I think that's the key. If you just think a two-month course will do the job, of course it won't. They hear a year, I think, for decent periods of time, mm. where for some of them, certainly not all, it may actually make that difference that they see there's a better way to go. Ali, ankle bracelets on 10-year-olds. How do you feel? Oh, God, I I felt sick when I heard that, and I've heard a couple of interviews on this today. I don't like it. I'm sure there is a better way of doing it. Um, Which is what? Well, look, I don't know. You're right. This is not an easy uh, problem to address. But I still think, especially with us going into the boot camps, what happens when these kids go back? into their families when they go back into those communities. We've got to be dealing with this at the root of it, and that is when the mum is pregnant, before the mother is pregnant. This is a whole family societal thing. I think picking these kids up and putting them somewhere else, whacking an ankle bracelet on them, I don't think it's going to change the big picture. See, David, I think it's fascinating that the National Party has changed its opinion on the ankle bracelets because when ACT first suggested it, the Nats said no, and now they've changed their mind, which says to me they've probably, and I don't know, but I reckon they've probably gone out and polled and focus grouped their voters, and their voters like it. Yeah, look, I I don't know what's gone into it, but look, it is shocking to be talking about ankle bracelets on 10-year-olds, right? But it's shocking that 10-year-olds are out there driving cars into jewellery shops and stealing on order for the gangs. And if you don't 
do some sort of electronic monitoring, well, actually, then, you know, the other alternatives are far worse. It's actually things like putting them into SIFS care or rangitamariki or, or, or some sort of youth prison. And, and so if you can actually avoid that uh, for the hardcore recidivists with electronic monitoring, well, that's actually better than uh, the more coercive one. Right, you're back with the huddle, David Farrar and Ali Jones. So, Ali, we have the situation now where Phil Twyford's has hired a mediator to sort out Christchurch City Council because they refused to pass the housing intensification bill. Do you do you think a mediator is going to sort this? Oh, I think it's going to go a, a long way to sort it. I think it's a good start. John Hardy is who's been appointed as mediator. Now, he's a good, smart and reasonable man. I've worked with him before around the uh, earthquake uh, resolution um, service and issues. Now, he's going to be speaking to councillors and staff, and I think this is what should have been done in the first place. You know, as we've already said, a, a blanket rule on housing intensification was never a good idea, especially in a city like Christchurch. We've had ha- housing and land use plans implemented as part of the post-earthquake recovery in the city. So, you know, this new council's not going to back down. I think this is a really good positive step. David, if a mediator is a weird thing to appoint, isn't it? I mean, you're the government. You can write laws. You're talking to people who also write bylaws. So why do you need a mediator? Between yourselves, you could surely sort this out. No, well, you can't. Can. Sorry, David. No, you don't. Well, they can, but it's not the best option. The best option is to try and get some sort of resolution to it. Having said that, I doubt the government changing the law that got passed through Parliament is going to happen. And you know, maybe there is some middle way there. But ultimately, of course, the law's already been passed. If the council puts out a district plan that doesn't comply, the courts are just simply going to strike it down because you can't have a district plan that doesn't comply with the law. And what it just means if there's no compromise is that there will be no operative plan for Christchurch because whatever comes out is going to be found to be illegal. So, yes, let's try and do the compromise. Ali, why don't you think it can be done without a mediator? Because, well, I think the point that David made is spot on, is that um, you need someone who can act in between these two groups. It's clear that we're not at a position, or they're not at a position, the government and the city council, of agreement. Uh, and so they need someone in the middle to, to mediate. That's what the role is. But I think what's really important, too, is that John Hardy is actually going to sit down with councillors and with staff. And that's where the local knowledge and the expertise is. And I think that's where, as I said, it should have um, started in the first place. And okay. that's why we need the mediator. If we are in a position, though, David, where, where we accept that the government's not going to change the law, then what's the other outcome? Well, we have to wait and see. Um, there may be wriggle room within the law. There might be you change what time you have to comply. Uh, really, the right. job mediator is to see if there is a compromise that, that, that can work for both sides. I wouldn't be overly optimistic about it because they took such heat passing this law in the first place yeah. that if they make a change for Christchurch, then all the other councils are going to want to relitigate it too. But yeah, and if they don't on. make a change, then they're going to have a battle on their hands in election year, though. Yes, they will. Yeah, tough I think times. it's the qualifying matters, right? And I think this is the really important thing here. It's the qualifying matters that have already got a provision in the proposed law. And I think that's the area that there is, as you said, David, some wiggle room. Ali, are we OK with cycleways only having a lifetime of four years and then we rip them up again? <laughs> are we OK <laughs> with not. that? 
question actually maybe we'll find out from from wellington city council when they join us after six six o'clock and talk us through that what about david are we okay with with us just like responding to every little whim of cyclists they didn't like driving through the puddles so we had to rip it all up let's make them drive through the puddles don't we well no look it's not fit for purpose it's not fit for purpose because of people oh, come on david it's it. puddles on a rainy day yeah, but but no, like they're they're, they're <laughs> not meant to puddle. You you can't blame the cyclists for this one. But but can I just slight divergence here? In mm. Johnsonville, I just got handed this petition where it turns out Johnsonville's so short of car parks, they want to remove sixty car parks for a cycleway. When you go look at the official consultation on it, they just talk about improving things, and only in the very small print at the end. Do they mention, oh, by the way, we're going to bowl 60 car parks, including there are only 20 car parks available for those taking the train. So this this absolute obsession with everything has to prioritise cycleways, they're actually going to screw over the train system too. Well, you know, David, it, 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 there is, seems to be a priority. And, you know, the, the less carbon you produce, the better. And that is the cycle. Uh, guys, I really appreciate you joining me. That is uh, David Farah, Kiwi Blog and Curia Polster, and also Ali Jones, Red PR. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.